Simon Mercer and welcome to Crave. This is the podcast and the video cast dedicated to music, mm-hmm. film, mm-hmm. just about anything entertaining myself and Steve McCabe lately. Indeed, and, and while there's been an awful lot of live music um, here in Aotearoa, because we can, and we've had yeah, 660, we've had Crowded House, we've had Marlon Williams, I mean all local acts obviously, um, but what we're focusing on today very definitely we're on screen today. We are, starting with British director Guy Ritchie, who's returning with another one of his violent crime yep. capers. Well, it's got the violence. Uh, it doesn't have the humour, though. It's called Wrath of Man. Yes, now we've got a film that's um, about lockdown. It was filmed during lockdown, and it's called Locked Down. Yes. <laughs> Original. I know, it's brilliant, isn't it? Do, do we really want uh, another drama about the drug trade. Good question, Simon. Do we need another drama about the drug trade? As it turns out, I think we do. This one is called Zero Zero Zero. It's on Neon. It's a little complicated, but it's uncompromising. I think it's really, really good. Fair enough. Well, we'll start off with with this new film. It's, It's called Wrath of Man, or depending on where you happen to have the misfortune to see it, it might also be called Cash Truck. Uh, but down here in New Zealand, they're calling it Wrath of Man, among other things. Uh, well, well it's, it's, it's written and directed by Guy Ritchie, famously of Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, most recently The Gentleman. Mm. Um, is it a Guy Ritchie film? I thought it, at the first m- scene, I yep. thought, oh yeah, this is Guy Ritchie. Yep. Uh, because he's got a reputation now, hasn't he, for being putting out these pretty clever, wise-cracking, yep. slightly tongue-in-cheek sharply directed and edited lots of great music m- movies and you yeah. know The Gentleman was a I thought it was a great great crime oh, case fantastic um, so in the first sequence in the opening yep. sequence it involves a robbery of a, yep. a, an armoured cash truck um, the camera is locked in one position yes so you see the scene unfolding you're not quite sure who's doing what to whom and yep. I thought oh this this was promising tension ramps up nicely yes and then whoosh, sadly this ended up being a huge a huge disappointment Steve Oh, it was rubbish, wasn't it? <laughs> so, 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 so let, let us count the ways in which okay. it was rubbish. All right. So, so what are the elements a good film should have? Let's see. We need, we need, first of all, we need a good cast. So we've got Jason Statham, right? <laughs> Na- nobody can do Guy Ritchie quite like Jason Statham. Yeah. Yeah. Except they put him in Los Angeles. Now, why was he in Los Angeles? We've got, we got, we got not, none more Cockney. Jason Statham, yep. and it's based on a French film called, what was it, Le Truc de Cash or something, right? Yes, yes. And so why they transported it to LA? Well, all the other actors are American. Um, Indeed. So probably it was for American producers, American money, uh, yep. I guess, and that's why they wanted to, to, to set it in that way. But you're right. Um, he, Jason Statham is called Limey a few times he's in this a, story. Which is not offensive in the slightest. No, Um he is a fish out of water. Yes. Uh, this, the, the plot is about some double dealing and some twists around the uh, uh, various gangs which appear to be on the, the hunt for these uh, the cash in these the trucks. Um, someone's undercover or undercover twice, perhaps. Or are they? Uh, or are they? Um, there are some layers to the plot which could have been interesting. Yeah. Yes. But it becomes a in my opinion, relentlessly, nastily violent film. The violence seems to be there for no other reason than they just like being violent. And um, the humour is almost non-existent. It's gratuitously violent. Like mm. you say, the plot is is convoluted. Mm. It flips from being a a crime caper to a revenge thriller about mm. halfway through. Mm. Almost, I was about to say, what's the opposite of seamless? It was quite seriously seamful. You could almost, you could almost feel, feel where they spliced two films together. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got... 
What else do we need in a good film? We need, we need apart from the acting, you need good scripting. Good script yeah, and characters right. we can somehow relate to. Right, and the, and these two need to go together, right? So you've got Guy Ritchie, who, as we've established, mm. is capable of writing a bang-up script, right? Yeah. Um, and his characters are obviously meant to be British characters, because in addition to H... Who's uh, Jason Statham? Jason Statham's H. You've got um, Hollow Bob and Boy Sweat Dave. I mean, these are definitely Guy Ritchie characters. And Bullet. And there's a, a bullet. Bullet, <laughs> bullet as well, right? <laughs> yeah. of course, yeah. So these, these, these characters scream Guy Ritchie crime caper. And he's tried to write sort of witty Cockney mm. dialogue for them. And it clangs and it thuds and it clomps along. Horribly, none of these characters, none of these actors. Um, so we, we got, yeah, Holt McElhaney playing Bullet, mm. who, who struggles so hard to do the sort of the witty sort of banter that w- that would work better with with you know the kind of people. I mean, even Brad Pitt managed to pull this off in Snatch. Yes, but these guys can't. They just can't do it. And as a result, it what's meant to be sort of witty, zippy, mm. snappy, catchy dialogue no. is. Really- yeah. Clang, clunk. Yeah, I won't even attempt to reproduce anything, and you should be grateful to that. Yes, to me for that. Seriously, but, but the, the, the violence is nasty. That there's retribution exacted for no good reason, really. Um, and uh, the characters are some of them are very stereotypical. We've oh, got the the, the the bunch of the former soldiers who can't adjust to civilian life, so they've got to go back out and yep. wreck some more havoc because that's how they feel like they're real men, that type of shtick. Yes, yeah, so um, that was the second half of the film, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because those were characters who didn't even appear in the first half of the film. No, no. They so retrofitted on mm. And Jason Statham, I mean, he Jason Statham is Jason Statham. Yes, he is. You're not going to get a lot of light and shade there. No. Um, and that might suit some roles, but yeah. the lead character, H, is given quite a backstory. And it ne- I think... Whether it's a successful backstory okay. is another question, but he has given that, yeah. a backstory. Yeah. Okay. And uh, to make that work, I think you needed someone who could act. And yeah. I don't think I don't think that he was the right guy for that. No, no, he he has his niche mm. within which he functions brilliantly. Yeah. None more Jason Statham than Jason Statham. <laughs> However, he's not known for his range. I think I think we have to assert that, don't we? Right. Yeah. And and yeah, they they give him a little bit of backstory within the context of the immediate narrative. But why is he in the U.S.? Why, there's one scene, I don't think we're giving too much of a spoiler right here. There's one scene where some rather rather mysterious woman hands him a fake passport. Yeah. So he's clearly, he, and he's obviously, throughout the film, very clearly tapped into a much larger crime network. Yes. We have no clue. No. Of any of this. Well, is, is, is he even, at the same time, deep undercover for uh, uh, international... Uh, um, Law enforcement agency. I mean, that's, that's floated as well. So sort of obliquely hinted. Yes. At, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. But none, none of these things are either explored or certainly not tied up. Mm. Definitely not explained. It's, it's like this was an early draft of a film. I it think. did. That's oh, a good way to put it. I think it was. Yeah. Not helped, may I say, by a thumpingly repetitive soundtrack, yes. which I got so. I was getting a headache by the end yeah. of the film. Let it let it breathe a little bit. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, so I, I look, if I was going to mark this, and I will, I will. Yep. One and a half stars, and that's being generous out of five. Where did the half a star come from? Just because. Oh, I take that because of the, the the hint of a promise at the beginning. Oh, okay, fair. Th- that's what I'll give you half I, for. No, I, 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 I think you're going soft in your old age. <laughs> this this was a woeful, dire, and execrable film. I was, I had to contain myself from 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 yelling at the screen. Oh, okay. I was angry at this film. It had no business being actually being in my cinema. I wanted it to stop. 
And don't hold back. Say what you really think. Oh, yeah. Seriously, <laughs> Guy Ritchie has a lot of questions to answer, and yeah. I want to ask them. It feels... Please do. And when you yeah. do, I'll, I'll join you. You're on. It did feel like the, an American production company just brought him in thinking that he could richify... Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, enrich. Enrich, yes. They, um, a crime caper, but it yes. didn't work... He should go back to sit the, the, the setting around London or wherever, yeah. and it, it works a treat there. Yes, and, and also get Hugh Grant back. <laughs> yeah, my God, that man needs that, seriously. Can we just go back to the gentleman, just as a palate cleanser, just remind He's, ourselves he is capable of so much better, and that's probably why Wrath of Wrath of Truck was so cash of man. We were calling it. Yeah, yes, was so utterly disappointing. It's, you're right. After yes. that film, so I, 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 you said bravely gave it one and a half. What would you give it? Well, I mean, are we are we allowed to give less than one? Can we you do whatever you like. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, 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 it doesn't even warrant a rating. It's oh, okay. Red off the chart. Red <laughs> I'm, I'm just waiting for my money back. Seriously. <laughs> Look, palate cleanser time, please. All right. Okay. Please. All right. So let's move on to um, a film very much of our time, Steve. Yes, indeed. Um, this is the film called Locked Down, filmed in lockdown. Yes. About lockdown. Um, and it uses, as you might expect, and, and to give it a credit, um, a lot of a Zoom uh, call vision and, and, and as well as the normal sort of camera work you would expect to see in a feature film. Oh, very definitely, yes. Um, and it it's plays as a... Starts off as a sort of a relationship film, and the, the two main characters are Anne Hathaway. And I'm going to ask you to help me again, as you've done previously with the pronunciation of the main actor, yeah. Chitwell. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Chiwetel Ejiofor, who's a, both very, very good actors. They play a couple who are locked in the same house, of course, and yep. have done so for a number of months. Um, their relationship with the film opens, and not giving too much away, is clearly in trouble. Yep. Uh, and um, the first part of the film follows the ins and outs of them exploring what's gone wrong in their relationship. Yeah. Uh, and, um, but as the film develops, there are other, what well, becomes another film? And perhaps you could explain how well, that happens. Well, again, this seems to be a theme for today, doesn't yes. it? So, so we start off with, you've, you've got basically, it's not quite a romantic comedy. Yeah. But it's definitely got elements of it. It does. But it's, it's a relationship Drama. You were saying before you thought it felt theatrical. Almost. Oh, I, I thought because a lot of obviously it's filmed indoors yes. because it's in lockdown. And for me, the the dialogue, a lot of the yeah. dialogue, I could imagine actors on a stage saying it. It it was, it was written by someone who was um, using the opportunity to make some social commentary as well as just putting real words in the in the mouths of real people. That's yeah. what I felt. So it for that reason, it felt a little bit forced to me at times okay. and a little bit. Overacted, if that's quite what you know what I mean. I, I think Hathaway, yes, Edgy or four. I think he's, he's just such a brilliant actor. Yeah. I think he pulls it off. But yeah, but it, but that's that's the first film. And yeah, that's, that's what it was for better or for worse. Yeah, mm. it's this it's slightly claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the zeitgeist figured so prominently; it should have had its own line in the credits. Quite frankly, <laughs> um, do you know who did get its own line in the credits? Incidentally, Sonic. Oh, okay. Listed here as Sonic plays Hedgehog. Oh yes, that's right. First make it, yes. Top line of the credits at wow. the end of the film. Yeah. How often does that happen? Not not <laughs> as often as it should. I think we have to agree. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's very definitely a film of its moment, and it did kind of do a nice job of. Yeah, because in that first part, we yeah. meet some interesting characters. Um, Ben Kingsley crops uh, crops up. Um, yes. Uh, ben Stiller crops up, and little little roles, and it does yeah. give you a sense of, uh, as you said earlier, we're all cooped up in our own little pods, and yes. we're just trying to get on and communicate, and yeah. things aren't going necessarily that well, but. Um, 
it got some of that sense of life in lockdown across quite well. I think it did, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, like, there's a little, a pleasing amount of claustrophobia. Yeah, if yeah. claustrophobia can be pleasing. Yeah, but then, well, so what was the next film that appeared? <laughs> because there were there were there were two or three that sort of like wove themselves together yeah. without really. Yeah, well, we there were elements of comedy from the beginning, but then we we really move into a comedy. I was going to do with the word caper, crime thriller caper sort of movie. Kind of, yeah. Which involves Harrods mm-hmm. and which involves um, the idea of um, robbery. Yes. Uh, and where the the two main our two main leads whose lives are apparently moving apart. Yeah. There's actually a reason why they come together again. Yeah. Um, and that film was that film that we the second yeah. film or the third um, was an entertaining, light-hearted yes. sort of caper. And there was a lot of potential. I mean, oddly enough, this is the film that Guy Ritchie should have been making. <laughs> Odd, right. Oddly yes. enough, because it was a better crime caper mm. than than Cash of Wrath, whatever it was called. Mm. It was definitely a superior yeah. film there. Yeah. Um, but again, the problem was you, you've, like you said, you, you've got um, Ben Kingsley mm. being uh, sort of slightly grubby, possible crime mm. boss, but we're not quite certain. Mm. Um, I mean, he. He was the kind of character you expect to see showing up as a bit player in a Guy Ritchie mm. film. Mm. And I wanted to see a lot more of that story. Mm. The the crime caper that was done really quite nicely. But then you've got this this strange, like you said, melange of, of, of bit parts. Who did we see? We saw... Uh, Stephen Merchant pops up yep. as the the, the the security boss in Harrods and, and, and his usual nice uh, comic touch that he brings to his roles. Gloriously awkward, yeah. as always. One of the things I think... To come back to what you said about the mixture of stories here, the crime caper works to a certain extent, but because there's this need to tell a sort of nice sort of relationship romantic story, if you're really following um, the plot of what they have to do to execute this um, heist it's a bit thin as to how they go about it, and there's it's, probably quite a few holes in it. It is, and that, so that the the the, the, the producers are just putting a whole lot of ideas of what the story is together, yeah. and it, I don't I think they put one or two too many. It might have been, as you say, better to concentrate on one and tell that one well, yeah. rather than have this mixture. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but then how do you how do you shoehorn in? Who got like you mentioned? Ben Stiller was in there. Mm. Mark Gatiss shows up at one yeah. point. Um, Mandy Kaling. She does indeed. Yeah. She's at one point. I mean, like this. This is basically like hands up everyone who's got a free afternoon in Hollywood. Like the entire <laughs> the entire of Hollywood put their hands up, and they're all in this yeah. film. And as a consequence, I think it was too long. It was a little bit. Yeah, I, I think it's around about two hours or so. And I think be- because the of the various elements it could a half hour at least could have been taken out of this it would have been all the better for it could it. have been a bit tighter one minute 58 if we're being exact okay. all right then. and but it was i mean the thing is it was extremely agreeable yeah i'm I, I, there are things that i think the reason maybe why we're a bit frustrated is because you saw a much better story there just lingering under the surface yes um the actors were engaging we cared about them um i think it was a little overdone a little too theatrical but nevertheless um I, i'm certainly I think it's worth a watch. And how many other stories have we seen of late of this type lifting the lid on um, on what lockdown has done to us? Well, you, so, you know, we're, we're, there's going to be a flood of them, right? Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. Uh, these guys got in first. Yeah. And I think they did a nice job of it. I mean, there's, there's one scene where Edu Force queuing up outside his local supermarket uh, and a bloke comes out carrying enormous stacks of loo roll. And he calls out to him, 
how many arseholes have you got? <laughs> and and you're thinking, you know, this, this is probably this is the kind of release from lockdown stress that people yeah. need because it, it it addresses things that were happening apparently at the start of lockdown, and it's it's got a bit of humour and yeah, it's meaningless, it's light, it's fun, and so you you could make the lockdown film if you wanted. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. The, the little snippets of um, re- reflection on lockdown will rang true. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so that's good. I would, I would, I would actually say I'd give this three out of five. I think it's a. I think it could have been better, but it, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think somebody needs to sit Guy Ritchie down and remind him this is what a film night might actually want to look like. Yeah, three stars sounds about right. Okay, to cool. me, to be perfectly honest. All right, very good. Now, we're going back to the slightly, slightly grittier mm, here, mm, aren't we? Mm. So, so um, zero, 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 which incidentally is all one word, which makes it very difficult to look up on the internet. Yes, zero, zero, zero. It's the title of a non-fiction book by an Italian author called Roberto Saviano. Okay. And it refers apparently to the nickname for the purest form of cocaine. Ah, I like the way you put the apparently in there. Yeah, well, just to make it clear that you have no personal, I have per- no no personal experience to, to which I can relate. Um, and this was a a limited series, like a five or six parter. It's been on Neon for a little yeah. while. I approached this with a little bit of caution because I've seen a number of um, drug related uh, dramas yes. of late. I mean, we go all the way back to to Breaking Bad and then its prequel, um, Better Call Saul. We've had Narcos and several versions of Narcos. Yeah. Um, um, Ozark. Is the series that refuses to die. Yes. So, yes. So, it's a well-travelled path for story makers. It is. Um, so, 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 given that this is a well-travelled path, mm. what's the point of difference? Well, the, the point of difference was... This is an attempt to tell a very big story. It is, isn't it? It's a story which involves the makers of the cocaine, the growers of the cocaine in Mexico. Yep. It involves the sellers of the cocaine the uh, in Italy, in yep. southern Italy, the Italian mafia. And it involves the American shipping firm, which yes. are the brokers, which who take the cocaine from Mexico to Italy. Yes. And in each of those three parts of the story there are our own separate set of characters the mexican story is told in spanish with subtitles the italian story is told in italian with subtitles the american story is told in english and at various points in the story the characters are meeting and intermingling yeah you've got a another little side bar where the, on the way the the drugs end up in french africa okay and and so we're, we're hearing french being spoken yeah so it has a very um uh, and it takes you there. The locations are superb. Yes, they are. Yes, uh, and and so you, uh, it, it has a slight documentary feel about it. Very gritty. Um, in contrast to uh, Wrath of Man, a superb soundtrack by a Scottish rock band I hadn't heard of called Mogwai. Oh, they've been around for years. You have they? Yeah, I'm showing oh, my ignorance. I'm afraid you are there, mate. Yeah, yeah Mogwai, and they the soundtrack is fantastic. Um, and so this. The story is a little complicated. There's double dealing going on every which way but loose. And so it does take the first episode in particular, you've got to be a little bit patient with yes. and just allow yourself to, to just let it sit there and try and figure out the relationships. But I found the more I watched it, the more I was drawn in. Um, there is violence, not a lot of humor, but it's done in a very, as I say, gritty, um, uh, no-nonsense way. Um, an example of a story where people doing terrible, terrible things, yeah. 
by the fact that we're spending time with them and getting to know them, we actually start to care about what's going to happen to them, right. as vile as they are. And you see, that I, I always thought that was the success of anything from, say, like The Sopranos. Yeah. It was probably like the classic text here, mm. but then even more recently in something like Ozark, yeah. where you, you've got Jason Bateman, you've got Laura Linney mm. uh, as Martin and as Wendy Bird. Yes. And, and yeah, those two are also dreadful people. Yeah. But the film focused on, on them mm. as people rather than on simply on they are mm. involved in drug dealing. And so you care about them as people, and you, you, even though what they do is reptilian and foul and all the rest, and in, in particular, if you've not seen Ozark, it's not too much of a spoiler to say that the that Laura Linney's character in particular is is foul. Yeah. But <laughs> but the point is that you, like you say, you start to care for them. So I started watching Zero Zero Zero, mm. and and my my thought was that possibly I could get to know these characters, mm. but they're doing the thing that too many series do these days, which is we've got. All the time in the world, because we're on, on a streaming service, we're not bound by the, the, the 50 minutes of a TV show. Mm. We, we, we can amble and meander. And, and it, it felt a little bit too leisurely, mm. a bit too languid. And I'm thinking, maybe I'll get to know these characters, but do I, I... I've seen too many shows like this. Do I really want to invest that much time in, in them? Okay, that's a fair question. And all I was really seeing to begin with, was their evil doings. All I could see is there's there's a great big car chase through the streets of, um, mm-hmm. of I forget where, in Mexico now. Yeah, yeah. Um, do, I, do I really my, want to invest my energy in getting to know another bunch of bad lads? I, I think that's a fair question. And I, I decided to, at the end of the first episode, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm part of the way along to we wanted to see the next episode. Not yeah. completely. Right. Uh, but... Um, I'm really glad I just stuck with it for the, okay. to get a bit further. Now, that maybe is not a great way to sell a, a series, is it? But um, sometimes when you have got the luxury of being able to spend longer with a character, you can reveal the layers over a, a longer period. And, and at the end of that, you, you care more deeply than you might have in a space of an hour and a half film, right. maybe. maybe. Um, so I, I would um, invite you mm-hmm. to... Take a little more time, see okay. a bit more of it, and maybe have another discussion with you. I, I, at the end of it, I thought it was great, fantastic. Um, one of the best I've seen. Oh, well, that's high praise. Yeah, Because yeah. I, I, I keep hearing from my daughter, oh, you should watch. I mean, one, one great example is like Parks and Rec. Right. I said, well, I tried watching. I watched like almost the entire first series. And it was rubbish. She said, yeah, the first series is rubbish. You have to watch the second series. I'm thinking, why, why, why? First of all, why, why would you waste your time working through a first series, hoping for a better second one? And secondly, you shouldn't have to. No. Especially with, I mean, the kind of budget that's gone into something like Zero, yeah. Zero, Zero. Mm. This is a non-trivial production. Oh, this is, uh, the budget must be massive. And I just, just one final point, Steve, to come back to what you said. The thing, one of the things that kept me going was that I had read that it was based on a non-fiction piece of work. Yeah. So a lot of what I was seeing, I, I felt was grounded in reality. Right. Just to, and if you if you watch the first series of, excuse me, Narcos, which was about um, Escobar. Yes. Where they used real news footage throughout oh, right. this, the series, it gives it a completely different. Uh, perspective and, and a sense of yes, it would, uh, investing in this happened. This, I mean, there's some dramatic touches, but yeah. essentially, this is the news. Yes, and and I think I felt that this was the news by and large. Watching zero zero zero, I think you know what I think you might just have convinced me. Well, I tell I'm giving it four to four and a half out of five. That's how good I thought it was. I I I, I might just have to. Um... 
Well, given that I feel having having been sort of like okayed by lockdown and having having almost lost the will to live, watching Wrath of Man. Yes. Um, I think I need some quality entertainment. Well, I, 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 th- I think. Where you go? Where yeah, you go? I think I might just need 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 to um, to revisit that. I think you should. Yes. I think you should. So, Steve, um, yeah, there's still lots, obviously, streaming. But even now, there's some signs of finally some of those big blockbuster movies that were held back during lockdown. Yeah. Beginning to see the signs of them being released. I think um, the Marvel's Black Widow is coming up pretty soon. Yep. The Quiet Place, the second one. Yep. Emily Blunt, that's around the corner in a few weeks. Um, uh, so... We're okay here in, in New Zealand to go and see them. I, yes. There might be a bit of trepidation in some other parts of the world. Well, I mean, quite frankly, The Suicide Squad is coming out soon, and there should be trepidation about seeing that one, regardless <laughs> of where you are. There's, there's, I mean, is, is Top Gun 2 a really necessary sequel? To, is, is this what the world... It's a long time coming for a sequel. It, awfully, it is awfully, <laughs> isn't it? Yes. Um, and of course... We may or may not get to see ah. the latest James Bond film, No Time to Die. Boy, that's been on hold for a long time. At least a year. At least, yeah. At so, least a year. And I guess they've had to delay naming the next Bond until that film was released. Well, yeah, you, you can't have the next Bond out <laughs> named <laughs> no. and, while, the, while the current one is still pending. Yes, so anyway. Yes. So, so we don't know what's um, coming up. Yeah. So Steve and I will update you with our reviews and when, when the concerts do come around, and we've, we've, we've covered um, Marlon Williams and Crowded House on CravePodcast.com with some great concert photographs yeah. by Steve. Okay. Um, and uh, so just keep in touch with that to see what's coming up. But in the meantime, um, good to be back with you for our episode number 99. Nice. Do, do you think we're going to make three figures here, Simon? Oh, it's, it's an, nothing could be surer. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. Speaking of our reviews, if you agree or disagree, we'd love to hear from you. We can take... The criticism of our criticism we're big boys we can handle it um so you i can... mean you know we're right obviously <laughs> but we can we can take it you're welcome you're welcome to be wrong yeah uh you can get in touch with us on uh, by email podcast at cravepodcast.com we're all across social media we're all where all the cool kids are hanging out we're on facebook we're on instagram we're on twitter don't think we're on linkedin we'll have to do something like that <laughs> but, but but wherever you are we are as well great so um that's our program for this time. See you on our 100th episode. Until then, I'm Simon Mercer. I'm Steve McCabe. That's what's been entertaining us this week. Excellent. Excellent.